Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. episode is airing on Tuesday, December 31st, 2019. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last episode of the Book Bistro podcast for 2019. Next time you hear from us, it will be 2020, which is kind of crazy to think about. So this episode is your usual guide to new releases, although you'll be hearing about books that came out the week of December 17th, as well as this week. And just for a nice little bonus, you will also hear an interview that Stacy and I did with author Karen White a couple of weeks ago. It was a lot of fun, and hopefully you will enjoy it as much as we enjoyed talking with her. And if you haven't already, you might even consider trying one of her books. So the interview, of course, will come before the new release guide. But before we get into any of that, I have the usual housekeeping information. You can contact us on Twitter or on Facebook by searching for Book Bistro Podcast. On Facebook, you can join our listener group. You can also just kind of keep an eye on our page, see what we're reading, see the show notes for each episode that we do, things like that. You can also feel free to send us a message through Facebook Messenger or just by writing on our timeline. You can also find us on Twitter, as I said, or you can send us an email. That address is thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. No matter how you get in touch, we would love to hear from you. Okay, so let's move into the interview. Again, this is author Karen White, and Stacy and I chatted with her um, about her Trad Street series. So I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Book Bistro podcast. I'm Shannon, and I'm joined by Stacy. And both of us are joined by USA Today and New York Times bestselling author Karen White. Karen, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning, and thank you for having me. So we are here to talk about your Trad Street series. So could you give us kind of a brief introduction either to this most recent installment in the series or the series as a whole? Um, probably uh, the series as a whole. Um, it, they're told from uh, the point of view of the main character, Melanie. Um, and Melanie, in the very first book, The House on Trad Street, she inherits an old house on Trad Street, which is in the historic district of Charleston. Uh, the thing you need to know about Melanie is that um, even though she's a realtor who specializes in a historic real estate, she hates old houses. And the reason why she hates old houses is because she sees dead people and can communicate with them. And old houses always seem to have a spirit or two who want her help in solving a mystery. And in the very first book, um, a prospective client, instead of giving her the, the listing, actually dies and leaves her the house on Trad Street. So it's a love-hate relationship throughout the series with this, this home that, you know, the backdrop is her restoring it. 
Um, but in the first book, she also meets Jack Trenum, who is a true crime um, uh, mystery, best-selling author of uh, true crime mysteries. And when she inherits the house on Trad Street, he is researching the disappearance of a woman who lived in the house in the 20s, and that's how they meet. And then their relationship kind of grows and changes. And of course, in the first book, Melanie is originally estranged from her parents, and then her parents come back in her life, and other characters and other family members. So by the time we get to book six, which is The Christmas Spirits on Trad Street, her life and cast of characters has has grown exponentially. Um, and each book has its own mystery that gets solved with Melanie being forced to communicate with spirits, uh, sometimes with the help of her mother and, and sister. Um, but um, and, and each book she tries to get over, she's also very OCD. And she <laughs> each book she tries to get over that and to become less controlling and more trusting. Um, but it's very difficult for her because that's just how she uh, she was because of a difficult childhood. So she takes three steps forward and two steps back. And by the time we get to the Christmas spirits on Trad Street, She's trying very, very hard, but it's causing her inability to trust is causing difficulties in her uh, marriage with uh, uh, with her marriage to Jack. And not only that, but there are some very nasty spirits that have just been discovered in the cistern in her back garden. And she, as much as she wants to ignore them, she finds that she cannot. Ooh. So I, this was like my best find of 2019, the Trad Street series, and I'm very late to the party. Um, okay. I've been reading your other books for a long time, but for some reason I hadn't started the Trad Street series. And this, you know, this series is so much more than just mystery or romance or, you know, hauntings. It's, you have really done an amazing job, um, putting many, many pieces together. Um, one of my favorite aspects of the series, just besides kind of Melanie's overall character development, is mm -hmm. all the history that mm -hmm. you have sort of, you know, put into every book, um, different eras, different homes um, in Charleston. How much research do you have to do for each book? Um, quite <laughs> quite a bit, but, you know, it's enjoyable. I, I love history. I love the city of Charleston. I mean, Charleston is history, so mm -hmm. it's it's not a hardship, and it's something. It's just kind of a natural thing when I when I write about any book, really. I um, you know, I make sure that I get to know not only what it is today, but what it was. And um, you know, Charleston has such an amazing history, going back from you know Native Americans, you know, through the Revolution, through the Civil War, through you know, it's gone and survived through so much. And so, going back and researching you know, the people and the place um, is really sort of the, the, the most fun part of writing the series. Well, and as I said, in addition to just the, the history, I love Melanie's character. Um, you know, she really has, as you said, come a long way since, since yes. the house on Trad Street. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But when you, yeah. And um, she's just so much deeper and more um, complex than what I would have thought from the first book. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, you know, was that your plan always? Like, have you, do you have a vision of how the entire series is going to go, including her character development? You know what? No, I, I don't even know what's going to happen in like the next chapter usually. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with, especially with the first person point of view, I can kind of get into Melanie's shoes. And I know a lot of people get very frustrated with Melanie because it, it has been a slow process, but you know, it's like getting to know 
city and where it came from. That's the same with me, you know, getting to know a character and where she came from. So when you read the first book and you understand her childhood, you know, she believes she was abandoned by her mother at age six. Her beloved grandmother dies um, and, you know, sells the family home. And then um, she's left to be raised by an alcoholic father who she has to become the parent for. So her reaction as a child to this was to become very controlling and very OCD. And it's very hard to just erase that at age 39 when her mother decides to come back into her life and she meets Jack. You know, it it can't be an overnight thing, Um, you know, and and here she is a mother of twins and she's trying to do better. Um, But, um, you know, it's 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 a long journey. And um, you know, if you get to the end of the book, you realize that it's it's getting her in trouble. <laughs> I did get to the end of the book, and I really do appreciate how you left us just sort of hanging there. And <laughs> sorry, I'm hoping. You know, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I know, right? And I'm hoping that there are going to be continuations to this series. Um, there will when be I finish one more book. Good. One more book. Oh yay! Oh fabulous! Um, is oh I couldn't leave y'all like that. That oh. would be painful. Well, I read the first five books um, on a vacation this summer, and oh, wow. for some reason, I thought the series was done when I started oh, reading. So I'm like, "Oh, okay. awesome! I can just sink into this series." And um, and I screamed at the end of the Guest on <laughs> South Battery. I'm like, right. "What is happening? Like, why is right. it? You know?" Right. And at right. the time, I didn't realize that the Christmas Spirits on Trad Street was going to be coming out in just a couple okay. months. Okay. Um, and aren't you so glad that, was, that you finished it in the summer and then it came out in <sighs> Christmas? Yeah. It was perfect. And just, you know, there's some interesting kind of mysteries that usually when you write, um, it seems to me that a lot of the, most of the books in the series, the sort of the mystery is wrapped up at the end. But we have this, you know, this will be the third book now for the mystery of um, what happened to um, Adrian. Yes. And, yes. you know, I'm I'm just dying for resolution on that. Um, Me too, and, and I have course, to figure <laughs> out what, what did happen so I can write it. <laughs> um, and so, you know, this has just been a really delightful series to sink into. So I know, how do you even categorize what you would call this series? It's so many things. You know, and, and so I try to give it the elevator pitch, which is Six Sense meets National Treasure meets Moonlighting. Um, <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, it's pretty accurate, you know, because it's... Um, it's it's uh, women's fiction. It's historical mm-hmm. fiction. It's mystery. It's you know paranormal. It's a little bit of romance. It's a little bit of everything. But you know it boils down to every book that I write, including this series. It's I try to write the kind of book I like to read, which is a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and and I try to you know offer offer that up in 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 this series. So can we talk about the kinds of things that you enjoy reading and whether or not you've read anything lately that you think is particularly excellent? Yes, I'd, I'd love to talk about that. Um, so what I like is um, I like flawed characters. I don't like to read about perfect people. I like you to know. read about people. Yeah, I like to read about people who make mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as long as the author does a good job of explaining why I can forgive them and, and still root for them, even though they keep making the same mistake. And, you know, but I, you know, love, love it when a character at the end of the book is different than they were at the beginning of the book or the series. Yes. You know, they, 
Um, because if they're perfect at the end of the the first book, why do you want to read the next book in the series? Um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, um, some of my favorite authors who I think do an excellent job of, of writing characters like that. And also the other elements that I love, I love history. Um, I love kind of going back in time. Um, I love visiting new, you know, different places. Um, I love a little bit of romance, um, you know, but mostly I like the woman's journey. And some of my favorite uh, authors who do this is um, uh, Leanne Moriarty. Oh, yes. I, I just finished uh, reading her, uh, I think her most recent, I've read all of her books, but uh, Nine Perfect Strangers, and I just adored it. I can laugh and cry on the same page. She just, she's so funny. And then she just, you know, there's a zinger poignant moment or piece of dialogue or something where her character, nobody does characters like she does. She's just, she's incredible. She does an, a great ensemble cast and she just, just blows it out of the water. Um, and I also love Kate Morton. Um, oh, you know, she does, yeah, she does. Um, you know, I wasn't crazy about her last book, but I will still read every single thing she writes because she's such an incredible writer. Um, the way she weaves history into, you know, the, into the present, which is something I love to do as well. Um, she's just an incredible, incredible writer. Well, and that's something that, uh, we on the book bistro podcast really enjoy are sort of like the dual timeline type mm-hmm. novels. Ooh, yes. Yes. And yes. you've written, you've written many of those that I uh-huh. enjoyed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, I, I just recently read the night the lights went out and, oh, okay. um, that was, Oh my God, that was so good. And just everything that you write on Folly beach, you know, I, there's so many things that I could talk about. Um, that you have done. Um, but it's just sort of, you know, weaving the history into all of your present. I think that just, mm-hmm. you do that very, very well. So I just thank wanted to you. thank you for that because we very much enjoy you here. Thank you. <laughs> so, I'd love to hear yeah. that. Thank you very much. Um, and I have, we, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I just wanted to say one more thing about Melanie before Shannon, she has some questions she wants to ask you about that are different than the series. But mm-hmm. what, um, you know, when, when you were writing about um, Melanie, what I find fascinating is she's not the typical young heroine that so many authors are writing right now, you know, in her mm-hmm. mid-20s. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I really appreciate that you have a, a, a flawed heroine who is starting her whole sort of journey mm-hmm. into motherhood and marriage and trust and all these things, um, just on the cusp of turning 40. Um, that was just something that I very much appreciated about her. Um, and sort of what gave you that idea to kind of have her be more later in her thirties rather than the young. Yeah. Well, you know, well, I'm not in my twenties anymore. You know, my, my daughter, (laughs) my daughter is in her twenties and I'm just, I, I'm a different person than thank God than I was in my (laughs) twenties, you know? And, and I find that, um, you know, my own reading when there's a real young character, it's not that I don't identify or I don't enjoy it, but I, I, you know, I've, I've raised children. I, I know, you know, I'm caring for elderly parents now. It's, it's like a whole different phase of life. And I think there's a whole, you know, a whole, um, audience out there that would like to read about 
women who aren't just on their first love or just, you know, getting married, you know, at, in their 20s kind of thing, you know, graduating from, uh, you know, college and, and, and starting their careers. It's This is a whole different thing. Um, and another thing that you'll see me doing more often, and I, I've done in the past with uh, like a long time gone, is um, the multi-generations. You know, oh, I love, yes. um, you know, the relationship between mothers and daughters and grandmothers and, you know, where they came of age and how they came of age in different time periods, I find, you know, just endlessly fascinating. And that's something I would like to continue, especially because, you know, I have a daughter in 20s and, you know, I'm not in my 20s anymore. And then I have an, an elderly mother, um, you know, with Alzheimer's. And um, so that's, you know, there's just a whole audience and a world of stories out there that may or may not involve a woman in her 20s. But, um you know, a woman in her 40s like Melanie, she's been around the block a little bit. You know, she's mm-hmm. yeah. she's experienced love and loss more than somebody in their 20s, which is a, actually a reason why, like, I can't listen to, like, Justin Bieber songs because he's talking <laughs> about, you know, these emotional things. It's like, what do you know? You know, you're, you're 12. To- yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoy that. I did too. Thank you for writing an older heroine that people could really relate to who are not 22. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I have in my possession a beautiful, beautiful copy of a book coming out in 2020. Mm, Yes. And it is All the Ways We Said Goodbye. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. Thank you. I also loved The Glass Ocean that you wrote with Beatrice Williams and Lauren Willig. So could you talk a little bit about how you came to kind of be writing with them and what that writing process looks like for the three of you? Right. So, um, and I don't know if you've read the first book, The Forgotten Room was our first collaboration. I have it Um, sitting here. I haven't read it yet. And and it actually, you know, that was sort of the beginning of it. And, um, you know, it hit the hardcover New York Times list. So that sort of, you know, made us like, oh, okay. So this wasn't a fluke. You know, this is something that people are enjoying. Um, And and we enjoy the process so much. But, But how it started, basically, you know, three writers walked into a bar and that, that is pretty much, uh, the, the story. Um, we were at a writer's conference and we'd all been reading each other and fans of each other. And, um, we happened to, you know, be in the, the bar at the hotel at the conference and we we're, you know, just talking about various things. And, you know, as the Prosecco and the wine flowed, we were like, you know, we should write a book together. And, uh, you know, originally we were we were joking, saying, oh, my gosh, you know, this would be a great excuse, you know, to have a publisher paid girls trip, which is what would book tour would be and what they actually are. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, oh, my gosh, you know, um, if we set it in Scotland, you know, they'll send us to Scotland, you know, we can call it, you know, Fifty Shades of Plaid or something. um, so you know luckily you know when we sobered up the next day you know we'd forgotten the 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 Scottish angle but we're like you know what we should write a book together and um and it's it's really funny because we're very different people we're all at different stages of our life you know um uh, Lauren is like um is you know a, a mother of two young children um, you know, including one still in diapers and Beatrice is, um, a little older than Lauren and she's got four kids, one in college. And then I'm the oldest and I've got, you know, two grown children. So we all have different, different things. But, um, the thing that we have in common is the way we approach writing. And I think that's why we enjoy each other's books so much. And, um, 
you know, we decided, okay, let's, let's just see if we can do this. And I flew up to New York and we met and we plotted our first book, the, the forgotten room. We each took a character in time period and started writing and we write round Robin. Lauren is in Manhattan. Um, Beatrice is in Connecticut and I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, you know, so, you know, the first person started, wrote their chapter, sent it to the next person, the next person. And why it works is that we have this element of trust where we know we're going to be, you know, it's not a competitive thing. It's not a conflict thing. It's we are writing this book together and we want it to make the the best, um, you know, so we don't edit each other's work Um you know, it, it's um, if somebody wants to make a change that affects the other one where they just, you know, it becomes a text chain. We're like, OK, great. We'll just make this change because we trust that those that that author will know their character the best and will be able to, um, you, you know, to do the right thing in terms of their character and their scene. And then we just sort of, you know, follow through Um and it turns out that our writing is pretty seamless. Even our editor can't tell who writes what part. And no, uh, yeah, no, it's like not yeah. possible to tell. I was trying to like see if I could guess. I was like, okay, you know, right. is there any way to tell? And there's not. Like right. I can't look at this and say, oh yes. Like I think definitely, you know, Lauren Willig wrote this part. Right, um, right. And and it's not. It's just. It just. That is just the way that it works for us. Um, I don't think I could write this way with any other authors it just it's sort of a magic mix and we call ourselves the unibrain it's you know one brain in three bodies and um um you know it's 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 really um a one a wonderful wonderful um way to write I find it very creatively inspiring and I look forward to doing more I was just going to say will you do it again Oh, probably yeah we already have a, a we already have a book cooking that uh, we'll probably work on the um outline when we're on um uh, tour in January. Oh, see, that makes me so happy. All the Ways We Said Goodbye was the first 2020 book I read. Um, and I was just like so enchanted by it. Thank you. We love this book. Well, I, you know, I've loved all of the collaborations, but this one to me was, is the best so far. I, I think we're, we're just really in our stride now. Like we know how to do it. We know what we're doing. And, um, you know, I think the other, the other books were really good, but this one is really, really good. So I, I hope you, so you. far the, 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 the reviews have been really, really lovely. So we're excited. So can you tell us what you're working on, on your own? Next? Um, like, yes. I, so the, um, I just turned in a book and the next book I have to start will be, be the seventh book in the Trad Street series. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know when it'll be out because I haven't started it yet. But the book that I just turned in will be out April of 2021. I know that sounds like a long time, but um, it, it's kind of a big book for me, a, a bigger book for me. And um, it's a book that I have been planning on writing for about a decade um, a while back, I had two books uh, that are related, Falling Home and After the Rain, set in a small Georgia town. And in the first book, Falling Home, there is a secondary character. She's the daughter in the family who she's 14 in the first book and then she's 18 in the second book. And ever since that book came out a decade ago, at least, uh, you know, once a week, I get an email from a reader. You know, when are we going to hear what happened with Maddie, the rest of her story as a young woman? So I was thinking, okay, you know, I don't want to write about a 22 year old that, you know, so, but now, you know, Maddie's almost 30 and, um, and she had some hard knocks in her childhood and, and I sort of wanted to explore that a little more. Um, 
but I also have always wanted to write. So I lived in London for seven years growing up as an American expatriate. I lived in a beautiful building on, on Regent's Park. And um, I've always wanted to write about an American expatriate. So I thought, okay, let me combine these two. Why don't I put Maddie, who's, you know, true and true a Georgia girl, and put her in London? Because I remember my mother, Ooh. you know, who is from Mississippi, you know, going to Harrods to order the meat, you know, for a family of six, including three very big boys, and then looking at her and making fun of her accent, you know, and I can I can't imagine how difficult that must have been for my poor mother. But um, so yeah, so I bring um, so Maddie, she's 29 and 28, 29. And um, when she was a junior in high school, she went uh, junior year abroad to England and met her best friend, Arabella, who is now a um, an editor with British Vogue. And she has, and, and Maddie is a freelance journalist. And Arabella has hired Maddie to come over to London to my flat, where um, Arabella's great aunt is about to turn 100. And her great aunt had been a fashion model in the 30s and the early years of the war. Oh. And the article is going to be run in um, uh, conjunction with an, uh, a big exhibit at the London um, Design Muse Museum called um, uh, Fashion in an Age of Crisis. And so Maddie is supposed to interview this woman to find, you know, to find out what, you know, what it was like fashion in an age of crisis. But of course, as she starts talking to this woman, she realizes there is so much more to her story. So we go back in time to the London Blitz and become oh, yes. back in time yes, yes. to days. So, and of course there's romance and, you know, in both decades and um, it's just, there's humor, there's, you know, cry, laugh and cry. Um, there's some Southern stuff um, and there's the British stuff, you know? So it's, um, um, I loved, loved, loved writing this book. Um, and I, we don't, we don't have a title yet for it, but it will be out in April of 2021. That's, oh, that's going to be a painful wait. <laughs> yes. so it's all the things. I know. Yes. I know all the things, right? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope my readers will, you know, my Southern readers will embrace it. And also, you know, cause I'm, I'm, it's set in London, but it's in my flat that I lived in, which was really cool to sort of recreate it in fiction. I love oh, that. I can't wait. Yes, I, I will be uh, waiting and waiting and like stalking NetGalley. Oh, good, um, good. <laughs> to see when it's available. So we are big fans of audiobooks here. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how involved you are in the audiobook process. Like, do you pick your narrators? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have well, any input I'm into that? Right. And, and luckily I do not, not in the beginning of my career. Cause you know, but, but now I'm with Penguin uh, Random House Audio and, yes. you know, the producer reads the book and then he sends me an email, you know, saying he enjoyed the book or whatever. And then he sends me audio clips of uh, narrators that he thinks would be a good fit. And that's why I love that he reads the book so that he really gets a feel for how these characters should sound. Um, so I do, because I'm a huge audiobook fan. I don't go to the grocery store without an audiobook playing. <laughs> right. Um, seriously. Um, and, uh, you know, and especially on book tour, you know, when you're in the, on the road for so long, I fall asleep very easily, um, you know, on the road, <laughs> in the car. So, um, you know, um, um, audiobooks keep me awake. But um, a couple of times, uh, you know, he has suggested a narrator where it was the same narrator for three different voices or three different characters. And to me, because I'm a huge audiobook re listener, 
I know that that would throw me off. So, you know, I'm like, no, no, we need to hire, you know, two more actors or actresses to read these parts. And, um, you know, they're very receptive and um, it's just been a, a wonderful collaboration. Um, and I think that's why I've gotten some really great audio, audio narrators. Yeah, you have gotten um, some really, really great ones. And I'm looking forward to seeing who is going to narrate the audio version of All the Ways We Said Goodbye. Oh, you know, we've already, we listened to those clips and, you know, it's been so, I know it's been so long that I can't remember, but they sent me like four and I had a, you know, I closed my eyes, I picture my character and I know immediately who's not right. And then uh, it was between two and I picked one and I can't remember. Oh my gosh. I don't remember my own name most days. So, you know, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but uh, the person who reads my character who I'm not allowed to tell you who that is, um, is uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us. It was my um, pleasure. And good luck on your next book. And of course, the seventh Trad Street book we will be eagerly anticipating as well. Okay, thank you. And before Absolutely. I let you go, can you let readers know the best way to find you online? Yes. Uh, my website is karen-white.com. And on the homepage, you can find the links to my um, uh, social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which are all at Karen White Wright, W-R-I-T-E. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And now it's time for new releases. So first off, I'm going to talk about some things that came out the week of the 17th. There aren't a lot of them, but they still need to be mentioned because some of them are pretty great. Um, as always, this is not a comprehensive list. And if you feel like there's something that you're looking forward to and I haven't mentioned it, please feel free to let me know. So the first, let's see. The first book I'm going to talk about is one that Brooke mentioned in our Most Anticipated Books of December episode, and this is The Kill Club by Wendy Hurd. This is a psychological thriller. I read it. Natalia read it. Both of us really, really loved it. I'm not sure if Brooke has read it yet or not, but if you want to hear more about it, you can refer back to that episode. And then, now for a few books you haven't heard us talk about before. Um, Yasmin Gallinorn released The Eternal Return, which is the 10th book in her Wild Hunt series. It came out on December 16th. I haven't read it yet, although it will be one of my first reads of 2020. I also want to mention I'll Bring You Back by Richard Brown and Joe Hart. And I have read... Um, a Joe Hart book in the past that I really liked it. And this one is kind of a like a young adult science fiction, I guess. And a teenage girl is trying to save the boy she loves. And in order to do that, she has to travel into this world that possibly exists inside his mind. So that is I'll Bring You Back by Richard Brown and Joe Hart. And the print and Kindle copies of this came out on the 17th, but the audio won't be out until January 14th. So you'll have to wait a little bit for that. Next up 
is Star Compass. This is the first book in the Victoria Eternal series by Anthea Sharp, who's an author that I haven't read yet, although I really want to. Um, so this is billed as Charles Dickens meets Firefly. And it is about an orphan who finds her destiny in the stars. So it's Star Compass, Victoria Eternal, book one by Anthea Sharp. Next up is A Trace of Deceit. This is the second book in Karen Auden's Victorian mystery series. Um, this one is about a female painter who is trying to investigate her brother's suspicious death and apparently teams up with a Scotland Yard detective in order to figure out what happened. Um, the first book in this series is called A Dangerous Duet and I've read a little bit of it. Um, I put it aside and I don't know if it was more because of my mood or because of the book, I don't know, um, but I do want to try it again and then check this one out as well. So this is A Trace of Deceit, Victorian Mysteries, number two by Karen Auden. Now let's move on to books coming out this week. So again, we have some things that were mentioned on our most anticipated books of December episode. Um, Good Girls Lie by J.T. Ellison is out this week. I'm so, so excited. Boarding schools and teenage girls keeping secrets and committing murders. Yes, yes, and yes. The Moonshiner's Daughter by Donna Eberhardt is also out this week. I mentioned that one um, as well as Good Girls Lie, and I'm so excited about both of them. We then have The Playground by Jane Schimilt and The Wives by Taryn Fisher. These are both psychological thrillers that Natalia was super excited about. And Mika informed us that Blood and Blade, which is the sixth book in Lauren Dane's Goddess with a Blade series, is out, and I'm very, very happy about that. I've read the first two books in the series so far, and I really love it. So if you are into urban fantasy, you wanna check that one out. And uh, Stacy is looking forward to The Prince of Broadway, which is Uptown Girls number two by Joanna Shoup, historical romance set in Gilded Age, New York. Okay, now we have some more books that no one has talked about. Sorry, this episode is kind of all over the place. I don't usually do more than one week in an episode, so I haven't quite figured out the best way to do this. Um, the Secret She Keeps by Helen K. Diamond is out, and this is the second book in her Whitaker Island series. Um, I have not read her, although I've heard great things about her romantic suspense, so I definitely want to check her out. This one is The Secret She Keeps, Whitaker Island, number two, by Helen K. Diamond. And if you like mysteries, which some of us here at Book Bistro do, you might want to check out Snapshot by Cameron King. This is about a photographer who takes a vacation to the Bahamas and it turns deadly. Hmm, I don't know that I'd want to go on vacation if it was like a deadly experience. But this is Snapshot by Cameron King. This next book reminds me a little bit of like a Barbara O'Neill book. This is Recipe for a Perfect Wife by Karma Brown. 
And it's about a woman who has left her career behind um, as a writer and she relocates to the New York City suburbs. And she's kind of trying to figure out, you know, where she fits into this new life of hers. And she becomes very interested in this old cookbook that she finds hidden in her house. And as she delves into these recipes, she also learns some life lessons um, that she really needed to learn. So this is a recipe for a perfect wife, and it's by Karma Brown. Next up is a book that I read an early copy of, and I loved it so, so, so much. This was originally slated for a January 7th release, and for some reason it was pushed up to this week. And this is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. This is one of those books that I want everyone to read and to take notice of and to really fall in love with. Um, this is the story of an African-American girl who is a like a nanny for this very uh, well-to-do white couple. And Alex, who is her employer, really wants to be her friend and really does some like inappropriate things to try to prove that she's not racist, um, that she's, you know, woke and makes choices that are just not, not great. Um, there's a large kind of social media component to this story. I, I loved it so incredibly much. And I hope that all of you will pick it up and give it a lot of love because it definitely deserves it. This is her debut. Again, it's Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. And this next book is one that I think Brooke would be interested in. This is Risk It All, and it's Rocky Mountain Bounty Hunters, book two by Katie Ruggle. And I have read a couple of her books. Um, she's not my favorite author. I don't dislike her necessarily, but she's not my favorite. But I know that Brooke really enjoys her romantic suspense, especially because um, some of them have to do with dogs. So this is Risk It All. And it's Rocky Mountain Bounty Hunters, book two by Katie Ruggle. And... How about a contemporary romance? This is Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne. I've heard a lot of good things about this. This is an author that I haven't read, but it's about a woman who creates like handcrafted stationery for like famous people. And apparently she finds love in an unexpected place. So this is Love Lettering and it is by Kate Claiborne. Taylor Stevens is releasing the second book in her Jack and Jill series. This is called Liar's Legacy. And the first book is Liar's Paradox. I read it. Um, I did not love it as much as I loved her uh, Michael Monroe series. Still, Stevens is a very, very good writer. She creates very complex characters who find themselves in unusual situations. So you might want to check it out. Um, this is Liar's Legacy. Jack and Jill, number two, by Taylor Stevens. And last, but certainly not least, I have to mention the newest Katherine Anderson book. This is Huckleberry Lake, and it is the sixth book in her Mystic Creek series. 
Um, to be honest, I haven't read a Katherine Anderson book in quite a while, although I did really love her stuff back in the day. Um, some of her contemporary romances were just spectacular. I also enjoyed some of her historicals. So this is another contemporary, and um, I just, I don't know, she still holds kind of a, a special place in my heart, even though I haven't read her in a long time. So this is Huckleberry Lake, Mystic Creek, number six by Katherine Anderson. And that is all I have for you today. I hope you managed to find something good to read. Um, I wish you all a fantastic New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, may 2020 be filled with everything that you want. And of course, lots of great books as well. If you would like to let us know your thoughts, you can do that by leaving us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform you use to access the show. And not only does it allow us to see your feedback, but it also helps other book lovers to find us, which is a great thing. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with more bookish fabulousness. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more discussion of great books. Take care, everybody.